This is Pep Hamilton, head coach, general manager of your D.C. Defenders. Enjoy the XFL show. Welcome, football fans. This is For the Love of Football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. We're in the midst of awards season, and, well, today we're wearing our shades, calling defense, like Jerry Glanville up in here. This is episode 125, counting down the top defensive players of hashtag XFL 2020, and Bryant... I don't know about you, but I can't see a damn thing. Alan, <laughs> Alan did, you get to, did you get a tan? No, I'm taking I these off because I can't see blue with these. These oh, are killing whew. me. But yes. I thought I didn't pay my light bill for a second there. That's Jerry Glanville's a special, special kind of cat, and he called great defense with gla- shades on. I could not do this show with shades on, so I took mine off, but I'm ready to talk about some great defensive players today, Bryant, and some XFL news. More players getting those NFL shots. It's still award season on the XFL show, Alan. So we're going to give out our defensive player of the year, the way uh, we like to do it with some style with a top five countdown. We'll do that a little bit later. Uh, yeah. we got some great news to talk about as well. Uh, the, a lot of signings happening for these XFL players. So a lot of things to get to today. Yes, sir. And a lot of stuff for you to react to as well. And that's uh, in a variety of ways on social media at XFL show, or you could call directly to the voicemail. That's the XFL fan line, 724-565-4XFL. And maybe we'll even get you on the show. Like earlier this week, we had our, our good friend Drew from St. Louis, a super fan of the Battle Hawks on. And today we're going to have another f- super fan on the show, but also uh, a gatekeeper, I would say, of D.C. sports. If you're in the D.C. area, you've heard him for sure on 106.7 The Fan. Chad Dukes versus the world will be joining us, and we're going to take Chad Dukes on talking about how he, Bryant, was the first ever person to get the crowd hype at Audi Field. Week one, he had the shield up. He told everyone shields up on the PA. It was a whole deal. He set the tone for their season where they ended up week five. They were in first place in the East. He spoke highly of that uh, foam shield that the defenders uh, passed out. Alan, did you get one of those? You can't see it. It's right above my camera, but it's hanging (laughs) high up on my wall for sure. That's a great – one of the greatest fan giveaway items I've ever gotten at any event for sure. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it was great talking to him. We'll get his perspective from the D.C. side. Also, thanks to Drew from this past show uh, taking the time to sit with us and chat about the St. Louis Battlehawks. That's uh, available in the archives if you want to go check that out. Absolutely, yeah. Check out that interview with Drew about St. Louis Battlehawk fandom. We're going to get into some D.C. Defenders fandom today. And also, that last show, of course, was the top offensive players countdown, Bryant. Uh, five of them, number one being the offensive player of the year, according to this program. And we went with Cam Phillips. And you can re-listen to that entire episode if you missed it, or watch it on YouTube, or check out the blog on xfl.com it's in a bunch of different forms that episode for you to take in and and then critique we've been hearing our the critiques of our list bryant and really the only thing i was hearing most of all was pj instead of cam but 
Like, we, we made our argument for that. I think it's pretty solid. I don't need to go further into detail on that. But overall, I don't think people were too angry about the, the top five uh, for offense, at least. We'll see what they say about defense here coming up, though. The variety of ways that that uh, uh, show is available uh, is pretty awesome. We also have a tweet thread as well, if you want to check that out, at XFL Show on Twitter. Uh, go check that out. Give us your opinion, because... Uh, uh, we don't want uh, the offense just to go away because we're talking about defense today. Let the discussions keep rolling uh, anywhere you can uh, type out your comments or call the fan line, 724-565-4XFL. So we got Big D coming up. We got defensive countdown. We're going to crown our defensive player of the year on this episode. We're going to get into some of the movement of XFL players getting NFL contracts and and signing with some NFL teams to go into training camp this summer and uh we'll also go into something fun that's going to be going down for the weekend online for for all you uh, people who love and are missing the 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 bracket madness right now games uh, not actual games no no Brian the only still the only live sporting event you can watch is professional wrestling right now uh, on planet earth <laughs> but i mean we got we got plenty of fun to have with the xfl when it comes to social media this weekend we'll get into what's going on there uh, before we get into all of it though reminder the xfl app is out there for you to download for free and it's very active you could get this show on it you can get the bracket the brackets we're going to be talking about you could link directly to social media for your favorite team it's all right there if you download the official xfl app today uh, it is customizable which is great so if you're a guardians fan guardians or gat guardian no guardians right i was so I for, we never got the forgot call so we just quote what you feel like guardians ah. fan Make it make it a Guardians geared XFL app. That's what's awesome about it. And it is free. That's the best part about it. XFL app, your source for everything XFL. Download it today for free. Okay, Brian, here we go. We have a lot of business to tend to on this show. First and foremost, uh, I think we should take it to Chad Dukes versus the world. We're talking DC Defenders fandom now. Setting this up real quick. Chad Dukes. Big radio superstar in the D.C. area. If you live there, you've heard of him. He's awesome. And he is, I think, a quintessential D.C. fan. He he holds it down. And as a Pittsburgher, I'm not a fan of the teams that he roots for, but I respect him. And we asked him to be on the show because he was there week one holding that shield up. They gave him the microphone, and he got the whole crowd. I was there, Bryant, to yell shields up right before kickoff week one on the XFL. It was a magical moment. He was kind of the MC of all that. And really, I think an influencer and didn't have he's he we're going to hear this interview. He doesn't really claim to take ownership of the beer snake. But I got to believe that just his demeanor and, and and his style, I feel like facilitated what we eventually knew as the legendary beer snake. <laughs> I, we get into all that. What uh, causes uh, those fans to be as passionate as they are? Uh, and and why he was so excited for the XFL to come, you know, we talked, we even get into the Redskins discussion. A lot of people are, you know, what their anger was towards the Redskins and why maybe they became the Defenders fans. We'll get into all that. You'll listen to here. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking uh, to Chad, uh, and he wasn't versus the world here. Uh, he was just versus us, I guess. We're dinking and dunking around the league, and we want to know about all the XFL fandoms. And we've hit St. Louis. Let's talk some DC Defenders right here. On this is the XFL show. It's Chad Dukes from 1067 The Fan in DC. Honored to have you on because you were the first ever 
person to wield that shield for the defenders. How yeah. was that experience? It's awesome. It's uh, yeah, they did the uh, whole shields up campaign, and uh, before the uh, before the game, they uh, put you know the big jumbotron. You raised the shield, and they gave out all the foam shields for everybody in the stadium. We had a great crowd that day too. It was nineteen thousand people in that uh, building, so it was full and it was loud. And they did a really good job with the shield. Like it feels like you could be slugging that thing around like Midgard. Um, it's good. I wanted to do a sword as well so I could bang the shield with the sword but they said because the battle hawks have a sword on their helmet they didn't want to make a sword so I'm trying to come up with some other medieval uh, weapon of mayhem that we can use maybe next year yeah, yeah maybe well, how about next- the snake how about the beer snake yeah, can you use that as a weapon because that thing's <laughs> tell you what man people around here like to drink they like to drink publicly and I gotta say uh, if the coronavirus thing if they didn't shut those games down those guys would still be doing that right there even with everything going on right now those were nut jobs in those standing room only uh, that was awesome. That section became uh, iconic quickly around the league. Does that does that beer snake make you proud? You you were one of the gatekeepers of DC sports. How'd that make you feel? Yeah, it was good, man. Like I'm a big uh, I'm a, just I'm a big XFL fan. I was a huge fan of the, the first league, and uh, I was a San Francisco Demons fan because we didn't have a team here. And so when they announced, we never get teams in DC. We didn't get an alliance team, the UFL, any of the stuff that's happened. Like we never get teams and when we do the league folds the next year because we got a, a, an arena football league team and there's only four teams so getting an xfl i, I was stoked and uh, oliver luck came on the show and uh, eric Moses, the president we, we had these guys on um coach pep like we had him on months ahead of time like every time there was an announcement like before the team had a name you know like i've got ids from the head coach saying dc's xfl franchise because they wouldn't announce the defenders so yeah it's a bummer <laughs> the season ended when it did i thought there was some real momentum certainly in um, in D.C. there was. Those games were well attended. The crowds were loud. There was a real home field advantage. The defenders were undefeated at home. So looking forward to season two, and I think uh, D.C. is going to be one of the bright spots for this league. Oh, yeah, well, D.C. First place first defenders, place? Alan, if yeah. I might, I might were, add. They were first the place. <laughs> first place beating the yeah. Battlehawks. The only thing that kind of stunk was that uh, Cardell was such – I mean – He's great on the air. We had him on the show. He's just such a great, um, you know, ambassador for the XFL. And then really had those road games just look like a completely different quarterback. And they make the switch. So, you know, hopefully with some time to prepare, you know, and a good camp and everything, he comes back and kind of is that emissary for the sport here locally. Because I really think he can, you know, be a superstar. And he's got the poise. He comes from Ohio. State. I had no idea there were so many Ohio State fans in the Washington, D.C. area. That guy couldn't go anywhere without getting mobbed but uh yeah they were in first place it would have been a playoff team i did see that on the on the xfl twitter if the season would have ended um so yeah hopefully it's something to build on yeah and hopefully Car- cardell you know bounces back he had that rough patch in, in the middle of the season but pep hamilton i think was the perfect coach for that team for the situation he was doing a lot it was just fun watching him coach that was my favorite part of the league chad was watching the sidelines and the coaches kind of play chess against what one another what stood out most about the xfl to you as a fan well um just the uh, you know there were some patches where you're like all right you know there's gonna be some growth there but the quality of the football i mean you could tell immediately uh the, the alliance was so fresh this this felt better. It felt just like a better quality of the sport. Um, some of the rule changes, I thought the kickoffs were great. and People really embraced that. Some of the trickeration you could do with the two forward passes, like it just translated well. And it was awesome to see, like, um, you know, St. Louis has lost two NFL franchises, and then there were 30,000 people show up to, you know, to root for their XFL for the Battle Hawks. And you saw up in, um, in Seattle, like all these different places where uh, they really are embraced and people were taking to it. 
And I really think that a lot of football, like mainstream NFL guys, were not giving it a fair shake. They weren't really getting the push they could have if there was fair coverage on the league as well. Like I, I, I love pro football talk. I have Mike Florio on all the time, but it just felt like he was only reporting on the negative stuff when there's so many positive stories surrounding the league and they were developing some superstars uh, at the quarterback position. And that P.J. Walker deal, how great is that? I mean, I guarantee that guy's going to start a game for the Carolina Panthers. Oh this my year, so God. there was a lot of positivity. How good was he? He was amazing, and, and he, the ball was bouncing his way a little bit. But the guy was spectacular. I, I also, I agree with you. He's going to Carolina, and he's going to be in, in 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 the games this season. I have a feeling that guy just looked like way too talented to not be playing uh, in the fall, right? I mean, and and a few other players throughout this league. You saw a lot of guys that are going to really, I think, take that next step. I mean, everyone's saying who's going to be the next Tommy Maddox, Chad, I think we're, we're going to probably be seeing multiple versions of Tommy uh, in, in the future with the XFL churning out these players. I completely agree. And there's already been a couple of defenders that have made uh, NFL rosters. And there's, you know, the talent was there. Uh, you know, the, I thought the marketing was great. I thought the um, – I, I hope that New York – and I, I know, like, as a media conglomerate, you want to be in New York, you want to be – in Los Angeles, but I hope they look at some of these other markets and say, man, let's go to, you know, let's go to Tuscaloosa. Let's go to our Grand Rapids. Let's go to places where there's these rabid football fan bases that don't have a professional team. I hope there's some of that in store if there's expansion or relocation, because I think there's a lot of potential there. Well, there are other St. Louis's out there. I mean, there's only one St. Louis, but there are a lot of football hungry towns. Brian and I went to St. Louis. That town was nuts. DC's home atmosphere was amazing. And in year one, I mean, I think a lot of people were shocked, Brian, at how some of those crowds were going bananas, but none of them compared to the beer snake, right? I mean, that's the consensus. <laughs> no tradition compared to the yeah. beer snake, maybe the cacaws, but that's it. Uh, even being in L.A. a couple of times, it was 14,000, but it was a it was a strong 14,000. It was interesting because they're all cheering for the same team, which you don't really see too often in L.A. football uh, inside <laughs> of a stadium. So that was kind of cool. Um, I will say this, and I'll ask you, because you have the Redskins. Now, is your passion yeah. the same for the Redskins, or is it because of the anti-Redskins? Like, what drove you to be such a huge D.C. Defenders fan? Well, I was going to be one regardless. I still love, I'm a huge Redskins fan. I, I was uh, actually born here and, and raised here. I come from three generations of Redskins fans, so that's not going to change for me. But, guys, there's not a lot of people like me anymore. A lot of people have abandoned this team, and uh, this is a transient area, you know? Like, everybody's from someplace else. And I knew – I had several friends that were Eagles fans, they you know, Bears fans, and they're like, hey, I finally have – I don't have to be – yelled at when I go out by my friends, we're all going to root for the same team. And they all kind of, they kind of banner together. Another thing is, I do think it's kind of a middle finger. The Redskins are in such a bad state and their building is so terrible. Um, and the fan experience is just really, really poor. Um, and the location of the stadium is awful. The, the, uh, you know, what, what you have downtown without a field is completely different. Like you can take mass transportation there. It's easy to get in and out. It's a wonderful in-game experience. It's intimate. Every seat's a good seat. And then I think people maybe initially wanted to become Defenders fans as kind of a middle finger to the Washington Redskins. But then once they got there, I didn't know anybody that went out to a game that came away with anything other than just being completely impressed. Like it was one of those things where if you can get them in the building and sell them on the, the, the atmosphere itself and the game day experience itself, sold the product so yeah maybe it started with a little you know anti-redskin sentiment which there's plenty of around here 
But I think the product itself won most people over once they interacted with it. Yeah, absolutely. And then the the chance I've been saying of being the first fan of a team, I think, like you said, everyone gets to finally root for the same team together in places like D.C. and L.A. where, you know, maybe everyone's rooting for some different NFL team. Being the first set, – setting up those traditions, Chad, and I know you're the voice for a lot of D.C. fans too, so I, I hope you took that to heart. You got to really – Place put put in place those traditions for the DC defenders that are going to go on for years and generations to come. Now you hope so, and I mean there is something to be there, you know, from the ground up. But again, guys, we had an Arena Football League team come through here called the uh, the Valor, and it, it, I think they drew like fourteen fifteen thousand people their first game, and then it all went away immediately. Like it just didn't have the staying power. And it's great, like you can be a flash in the pan, everybody likes something new, but you got to give them a product they're going to continue to be entertained by. I, I think the defenders are doing that. And it also helped. They, they were undefeated at home. I mean, they played really well at home. And the Redskins are terrible at home. They <laughs> lose every game they play at home. There is no home field advantage. So it felt very refreshing to be in a building where you are being rewarded by the team that you're coming to pay to see with a victory. I mean, that's a very positive thing. Awesome, man. Well, we appreciate you joining us here talking about that D.C. fan experience. We know you set the tone that week one. We look forward to you wielding that shield plenty more in season two, and we'll talk to you down the road. I'm excited. Thanks, guys. I'm looking forward to season two. I can't wait. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks to Chad Dukes for joining us and talking about being a D.C. Defenders fan. And really, the thing I learned actually out of that, Bryant, was that it's in D.C., like in L.A., and like in some other cities as well, probably Tampa, I would assume. The fact that these are transient cities, as he called them, not a lot of fans of the same team for at least football. Uh, But when it comes to the XFL, you saw a lot of people from – different walks of life, different fandoms in other leagues coming together for the very first time, which is a very special thing to think about. And, I mean, you experienced that in L.A., and I I was kind of surprised to hear that happening in D.C. as well. Well, I brought it up in the interview, and Alan, I tell you every once in a while, man, just listen to me because I I have some smart things to say. Uh, to, To have a team that everyone in your city can cheer for because everyone in that city that's living there at that moment in time, everyone that was in their home, the first weekend of February, or excuse me, second weekend of February, now has a football team to cheer for in that city. And I'm happy that uh, the LA Wildcats, the DC Defenders, Tampa Bay um, Vipers, all those teams uh, have something to unite, uh, unite with, and that's an XFL team. Pretty cool. Thanks to Chad Dukes again for joining us. We're looking forward to speaking to more representatives of the fandoms of each XFL team. It's been a lot of fun there dinking and dunking around the fans uh experiences lately and uh we'll see what we come up with on the next program brian but we got to scoot along here and we need to talk about all this player movement because players are signing with some nfl teams from the xfl what an opportunity they had starting in in, you know late 2019 going into these camps they were of course looking to make some money playing football it's a it's the american dream and now some of them are signing awesome contracts in the nfl we need to discuss the latest there in this cover too that throw was unbelievable yeah all those unbelievable throws from pj walker got him a pretty nice contract in carolina bryant we touched upon that a little bit <laughs> last episode but now some more players are joining him uh, and jordan tamu and Dietrich Nichols in making uh, the the step to the NFL uh, from the XFL. We've got a pretty uh, 
awesome list of players here to get into. Uh, first up, uh, I have to mention that I, I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and seeing how many XFL players the Steelers have signed has me you very. Think they're looking for. <laughs> very, I'm just very excited to go to training camp to see these guys in action. Uh, like I said, we're going to be following these year one XFL players for their entire careers. They are XFL guys for life. Uh, and starting with Savon Walker, uh, the defensive lineman from the Guardians, sack leader, he gets signed by the Steelers, Bryant. Uh, Jerron Jones, the offensive lineman from the Guardians, also signed by the Steelers. And then right before we started recording uh, tonight, uh, Christian Kuntz, long snapper, signed by the Steelers as well. In addition to Tyree Cannell, the defensive back from the Defenders, also signed to Pittsburgh. So that training camp in Latrobe for the Steelers going to be riddled with XFL players for me to go say what up to and uh, maybe uh, maybe shake some hands and reminisce about those these amazing five weeks we all spent together in the XFL. <laughs> well, your time your time goes. Uh, you got to remember maybe some of these players you saw in Houston, Alan, as well, right when we were down there. Uh, in Houston for the training camp. So training camp to training camp, uh, only a few players, maybe you're, and people, I guess in general, yourself included, will be at both. And uh, let me so just say, so hyped for Savon Walker joining the Steelers. The Steelers lost a nose tackle in Javon Hargrave, and in and now they they pick up a guy like this. That who knows how high up the depth chart. Uh, the XFL sack leader can go in Pittsburgh. That's going to be fascinating as fans to keep track of. But I have a feeling the guy that you're most hyped about getting a, a NFL contract was the tight end, all six foot eight of him, Donald Parham, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Are you switching from Rams fandom uh, to excuse Chargers? Me, hold on, fandom? hold on, hold on. Is this uh, Donald Parham, tight oh, end from Stetson, uh, from Stetson, in Florida? In Florida. Yeah. Thank you very much. And now you're a Chargers uh, fan, right? Uh, like Super Chargers. Have you seen the LA Rams logo? I might be at this point <laughs> as well. Um, you might have to. That is one of the that's one of the exciting ones that I, I I just like watching him play though. Like forget the fact that I was spot on about him, that I was right about every single one of his uh, things that you had to look oh, at everything about him. Forget about all that stuff. You're really forget about just, all that. You went out on a limb. Yeah. Oh, you went and saw a six foot eight tight end play in trading cap when you were like, Oh, he's gonna be good. You're Whoa. And I told everybody to watch out for him. <laughs> Don't forget about all that stuff. The fact that he was just exciting to see. Uh, he's a young guy, 22 years old. I think we talked about right before the show started, Alan. Uh, he's got a two-year deal with the Chargers. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, to watch him catch passes from whoever's throwing him passes. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. We'll see what's happening in Los Angeles with Donald Parham and his quarterback situation. But that tight end, man, he made our top five offensive players list uh, and – that position, I think, nowadays is more valuable than ever, and those skills he has are unique. So great signing, I think, there. Another tight end from the XFL, Kari Lee, goes from the Defenders to the Atlanta Falcons, and he was a, he was all over the place for the Defenders in terms of just being in the right place at the right time, make, scoring touchdowns. He really did whatever they needed him to do uh, for Pep Hamilton's offense. And uh, I think we – oh, and we haven't hit the playmaker – for the Houston Roughnecks on defense, Demarcus Gates going to the Minnesota Vikings, and I, I think I read somewhere that he grew up a Vikings fan. So that I mean that's just extra special. Still a young player. Talking about guys like him and and Donald Parham, guys in their prime or just about to hit their prime, and I mean tons of career left and awesome opportunity now to to make the jump here. Um, 
And another long snapper, can't forget him, Nick Morg, Vipers to the Ravens. And then the last one I have here on the list, Brian, unless any more came in since I've been yammering here, Dravon Askew Henry uh, from the Guardians to the Giants, stays in New York, a, a Pittsburgh kid uh, who, uh, you know, if you follow high school football around here like uh, we do, um, you like, known yeah. about him forever. <laughs> Is a ball. All the people that listen to this show that follow Pittsburgh high school football. Lots, and, yeah. the Whippeal, all the all the best players. Everyone knows. Come on. All the people that listen to this show that follow Pittsburgh high school football. Absolutely. They're out oh, there. Okay. They'll hit you up at XFL show. All my Whippeal fans. <laughs> Ask you, Henry, though, signing with the Giants. Guy who has meant been mentored by Darrell Revis. Another fascinating to cre- career to keep an eye on and who knows maybe these guys end up back in the xfl that could very well happen but you got to wish them luck and hope for the best and hope they make a ton of money and succeed playing the game of football and a lot of these guys i think have that potential especially when you're talking about save on walker donald parham demarcus gates those guys were special players in the xfl bryant when their success like i've said before many times uh, is going to pave the way for other players to take the chance on the xfl to hope to get uh, that one more chance in the NFL. So uh, I'm hoping for success success of all these players that are signing in the XFL because if they do well, uh, players will see that if I play in the XFL, I have a chance to come back and do the same thing as those other players. So uh, good luck to all these players. I'm sure this list will keep growing, Alan. We're going to be talking about it for the next month or so. Uh, times are weird right now in, in all of sports and all over the world, so it's good to see some players uh, getting signed, and we'll see as many, many more do. Uh, Come kickoff right before training camp. Yeah, what do you have? Ninety some. There are ninety three players at training camp. I think is what the. Now let's move to part two of the cover too, because this is pretty cool, and we don't have time to go through all the brackets, Brian. But each team has their best moments brackets up, and we already did our top five countdown of the best XFL moments overall. They're going team by team into brackets in a team phase over the weekend. We'll see where that expands to, but highly recommend. Everyone going to XFL.com, checking these out and voting because the polls are open, aren't they? Yes, they are open, I believe, all weekend long. I think they're through the first two or three rounds at this point, uh, if you're listening to this show right now. Uh, But, yeah, it's pretty cool to see all these different moments and to kind of, even if you're not voting, even if you're not participating, just to go through these brackets and, like, read and and see, oh, man, I remember that moment or I remember this moment. Uh, It's pretty cool. Uh, I think I I would hope that at the end of this, Alan, they're going to have, like, an eight-team best moment bracket for each one from right? each and team yeah final winner we'll see what happens yeah i'm looking at theirs right now i mean you got their the first td is going to be tough to beat i think for them uh new york just to throw another one out there they've got uh the oh the oh the the the, the fumble return versus tampa bay for jamar summers i think might be what i'm voting for there but they got a they got a bunch to choose from. These are tough, tough decisions. I, I'm actually quite impressed. That, credit to all the team social media people who put these together and seeded them as well. Because if imagine if we did our moments countdown and we had to do seeding, we would have never even done the show with all the arguing we went through. So that is a tough thing to do because we kind of went through that already, Brian. Well, who is the committee that put the the seeding together? I'd like to have a word with them <laughs> on how this was all put together. Uh, maybe we could sit down with someone and talk about what went through the seating process. Yes, that's that'd be interesting to know. Um, I hope it wasn't just random. <laughs> we'll see what they did. But those are live up through the weekend, I believe, right? The team phase for voting will end on Sunday, and you could vote for every team. Yes, correct. 
Awesome. So check that out if you're looking for something to do that's XFL-oriented. Besides listening to the show, of course, over the weekend, check it out. It is the best moments bracket for each team. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Brian, I'm I'm pretty excited for this. I'm excited to see where that, that transitions to, like you said. And uh, who knows what other kind of fun social media stuff we'll be getting into over the course of this long off season we're on. Remember, we're on the road to 2021 now. A little bit early, but we're here and we're chugging along at a good crisp pace. You're good at you're good with road trips, Brian. You did a two year road trip. This is gonna be a cinch, right? You're good? You're still good? It'll be be easy on a lot of things will be happening on social media to keep you entertained. Uh but we're gonna bring uh you maybe one of the better ones, and that's hashtag XFL show awards. Yes, sir. Hashtag XFL Show Awards. And that is where we're going to next. We are going to be counting down from five to one the best defensive players of the season. That was cut short, but still, we've identified them. And we are prepared to reveal the number one defensive player of the season. And that is coming up here in just a hot second. But real quick, Bryant, XFLshop.com. Uh, on fire this week an amazing deal and that's the place to get authentic xfl gear and i believe there was what a 30 percent off deal going right you ordered all yeah. you ordered half the items that were available online you told me uh a little more than half but that's that's neither here or there if you go online right now uh catch it before it goes away 30 percent off your entire purchase uh check that out xflshop.com yes they have everything you need everything New items, too. Check it out. And then get ready for 2021. And, uh, I mean, come on. They've got everything. I'm like, these are sweatpants. I got to pull the trigger, Bryant. But, you know, I've been. Pull it. I, I, you know, well, Look, these, don't, these stop, times. Don't take, the, don't take the trip to the fridge and buy something on XFLshop.com while you're stuck at home. At these times, it's like I go to buy one thing on, like, XFL Shop or, like, something for, like, the, the office. And then I'm like, ah, I should just buy food or t- or paper towels, <laughs> be a responsible adult for some reason. I don't know why. But XFLshop.com, definitely don't do what I'm doing. Go there and buy up the whole store. Like Bryant, team jerseys and hats, all of it there on XFLshop.com. Okay, are you ready to count it down? Bryant, are you are you ready? Are we set? Do we have everything we ready. need? Okay. I am ready. I am I ready. Am ready. Uh, and I am I am excited to see who comes up. Number one here. Well, I know who comes up number one, but I'm excited to see what people say to number one. I have a feeling we're going to get a lot more blowback on this list than we did from offense, and this is the fun of it all. So let's get right into it. It is the top five XFL defensive players of 2020 culminating with your defensive player of the year in this hot read. On the ground again, this time the Guardians bring pressure, and Christian Michael swallowed by Bumi Rotini. <laughs> uh, not an easy task. Guardians rush four, they get pressure, Murray stands in. Ball is on the ground, it is loose. And it looks like Tampa Bay comes back with the ball, but Bumi Rotini with the strip set. All right, number five, Bryant. Who wants to say his name first? Uh, uh, Boon me, Rotini. 
of the New York <laughs> Guardians, the defensive lineman, was, I think, nonstop. He was like the motor of this defense to me, Bryant. Week one, he came out, I mean, almost, I mean, really a dominating effort against the Tampa Bay Vipers, and it was nonstop. He was one of the guys they could rely on all season long on a defense filled with great players. Uh, this was a guy that I think was maybe the most consistent player on the defense, second in the league in quarterback hits, super fun to watch, super disruptive. And like I said, that week one performance, I just love this piece of audio we've had since then because he called it one of the best games he's ever played, and I feel like he just picked up from there and got better all season long. It was a pleasure to watch him play. It was probably one of the, the best games that I've put out in my whole career playing football, but it's mostly a testament to the guys that I had around me because, I mean, I'm out there doing my thing, and it didn't even feel like all that was happening. You know, I had guys around me making all sorts of plays. All kinds of plays. He had a lot of guys around him making plays, but he made them too. Well, he was clogging up the middle, and he did it well. I, I, we went back and watched a lot of his uh, his play. Uh, he did his job, and he was a lot of fun to watch. And someone you had to account for on that defensive line with one, uh, two people sometimes uh, weren't enough. Allen, you mentioned he was second in the league uh, with quarterback hits with five. He also had uh, four tackles for loss, a uh, sack to throw in there, uh, and 25 combined tackles. Someone you had to account for. Uh, if you were trying to run the ball or pass the ball, it seemed like he was always the second or third person there to tackle someone uh, if that if that ball was caught within a you know 15-yard radius of him. Boonmi Rotimi of the New York Guardians makes it onto our top defensive players list at number five here, and we need to now go to the next guy who is, well, always right next to Boonmi Rotimi. The midway point of this fourth quarter. Here comes the pressure on Nelson, and he's caught in the backfield. Nowhere to go, Savon Walker. New York rushing for Johnson trying to escape, and he'll be sacked. Savon Walker, the sack for the Guardians. Number four, Savon Walker, the leader in sacks in the XFL, Bryant. Now, we just talked about how he is signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but during his XFL tenure, this guy was the most vicious and vile and beastly cat getting after quarterbacks. If Rotimi was the motor of the Guardians' defense, then I would probably call Walker the rancor, just the the beast that was kept kept in the wings waiting for those moments that they needed him most, and he came out there for maximum punishment. Nobody affected quarterbacks more than Savon Walker in this season, and the Guardians, look at them. What a defense. Two guys in our top five, I think rightfully so. Uh, do you think Savon Walker had like a, a, a start on the opposite side of the neutral zone pass? Because if you really look at his stats, five tackles for loss, nine QB hits, four and a half sacks. I mean, that man spent more time in the backfield than the, the team's running back. It was insane to see this man play. Uh, Allen, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be in for one hell of a good player with Savon Walker back there. Uh, it was a lot of fun to see him play. Uh, unfortunately, he's he's gone to the NFL. I get it. Uh, but one of the great players, at least on the defensive side, uh, for the New York Guardians and in the XFL number four. Most sacks, most quarterback hits. He was everywhere. So I'm telling you, he was in the backfield. I think I don't think they saw him. 
They let him line up behind the center. Great, great, great five weeks for him and Bunmi Rotimi. That Guardians defensive line, oh man, I could only imagine what they would have done later in the season with those two guys. And uh, congrats to them for making our list because we love watching them play. And I'm happy I got to go to a couple of their games and see them in person. Very fun football players. It's a junkie for great defensive line play, Bryant. Two of the best right there. But I got I got to let the cat out of the bag. Those are the only defensive linemen making the rest of the list. We're going to go a little bit to the in, in the defensive backfield here coming up. Further and further back. Let's start with number three. Take that all day long. It's a one-man progression. He hit him for a first down. On the keeper, Flowers caught the backfield. Great job, Steven Johnson, the leading tackler in week one. Still looking to get it to the 40. Out of the backfield, absolutely nowhere to go. Steven Johnson wrapping up Cameron Artis Payne almost as quickly as he got the football. When I say tick, tick, y'all say boom. Tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick, boom. All day, Steven Johnson. All day. The heart and soul of the Seattle Dragons. I was, I mean, not just their defense. I think he he was that team. He was the guy who you could see took the took the bull by the horns, made it known that this guy he was a leader. He took was going to be vocal. By the, the dragons have horns. Dragon by the tail. Maybe. Whatever. Okay, there you go. I like that. We'll go with that. Either way, Stephen Johnson was the Seattle Dragons, at least to me, Bryant. I mean, he was the quintessential linebacker, leader on the defense, the guy with the helmet, getting the play calls, making sure everybody was on the same page. And while that defense as a collective struggled at times, Stephen Johnson did everything for them that he possibly could. Most tackles in the XFL. I mean, you couldn't ask more from a linebacker in terms of being the leader of a defense, I think. And he was that all XFL, if you ask me, number three on our list. Yeah, he, you know, football is a team sport, but when you look at individuals as players who could do or do what they're supposed to do, Steven Johnson did that and more uh, all over that field. Uh, you know, we played two of his highlights to start this number three, but really the highlights were endless uh, for this man. Uh, you know, 48 combined tackles, Allen, like you said, uh, to lead the league, and then six tackles for a lot for loss. You know, and he, and he was he, he was defending passes back there too. Whenever he could, he was an all around a great player for the Seattle Dragons, uh, an all around great player in the XFL, and he's number three on our list. So the Dragons get some representation on one of our top five countdowns here. Finally, Bryant. Now let's see which teams represented. For number two, our runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year is going to a player from the team that was in first place all year. Not interesting. First time all day. They got a tight end and a three-point stance. Instead, they get it to Nagel, and that play is not going to go anywhere. As a matter of fact, it's picked off. What? Oh, my It never hit the ground. Hurry, hurry, son! Got a throw here, second and 13. Cornelius intercepted! Picked off! Demarcus Gates at a whole miss with the interception. Okay, now that was an interception, but that's not what we're here to argue. 
Bryant. <laughs> Demarcus Gates just made plays after plays, interceptions or fumble recoveries. But he had three fumble recoveries in five weeks. I mean, I would say a top five playmaker offense or defense in the XFL. Twice this guy had a turnover to seal victories for his team. He was everywhere. He got kicked out of a game for some reason that I still don't understand why, but that's neither here nor there. The fact is he was making <laughs> plays nearly every single week as the best, I think. The, I mean, among great players on that Houston Roughnecks defense, for my money, the best player of the bunch. Alan, it was hard not to put him uh, at number one. Another Roughnecks debate, I guess, what you could put at number one. But if you think about what he was able to accomplish, what he did, he had two game-clinching uh, interceptions. I'll give you the interception in that Texas throwdown uh, in the final two minutes of games in weeks three and four. An all-around defensive star in this league, and it's you know he's going to be giving the Miami Vikings uh, a run for a starting spot there, I believe. Did you say the Miami Vikings? Did I say the Miami? I think Vikings? you just said the Miami Vikings. Man, you haven't watched okay, sports the in Minnesota a long time. Vikings. <laughs> what is sports? <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. We're here doing our countdown, Bryant. <laughs> And we're at the end of it. So, are you Minnesota ready? Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Yes. He's the new man on the Minnesota Vikings. Man, I had to do it. Not number one. He's the runner-up. Number one on our countdown. And taking home the imaginary hardware that we have yet to decide upon what we're going to send these players. Maybe, honey, can you make some cookies? Well, we'll figure it out. But this next guy deserves something for what he did this year for his team. On defense, he is our defensive player of the year, number one on this countdown, and he's he's soaring in with a loud caca. DJ Bibbs, the lead blocker, and the ground game snuffed. Tim Cook nowhere to go. Dexter McCoy and Will Hill to stop. Daniels over the middle, intercepted. Will Hill with the pick. Now, what do you want to say about the leader of the best defense in the XFL, Bryant? What do you want to say about Will Hill that that we can say here? I mean, the fact that he was getting tackles for loss, getting interceptions, leading the defense making plays in the he made plays in the backfield and in the secondary as a safety doing it all over the field really I think was what stood out for me why I was totally behind your suggestion that he was number one well the reason I think he was number one was just for the reason you said he was all over the place as a safety you couldn't ask for more than what he was giving this team you know you look at the, the tack, tackles 38 tackle 33 tackles excuse me uh, three QB hits no sacks uh, but four tackles for loss, two interceptions, two passes to defend. I mean, this man did everything, and he put and one and one mean ankle drag that he I don't, <laughs> I've never seen before in a game. It was beautiful, probably illegal, but still a moment. Well, and then he also took the young Kenny Robinson under his wing, uh, no pun intended, and it showed him uh, what it's like to be a professional football player. Uh, and not to mention, Alan, and mainly the reason why I picked him as number one uh, is because in our simulated draft back in October of last year, I picked him as my number one pick in that draft. I mean, he 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 was he was the most so the winner of the reliable player this week. 
from 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 the jump. This guy came in ready. I mean, we talked about how he was killing it in the AAF. He's this is a guy with a, a lot of pro football experience. Like you said, mentoring Kenny Robinson. He's been around the block and hadn't lost a step in the XFL. He looked great. Looked great, and and he's our number one player on defense for the season. Our defensive player of the year. As a safety, I was telling you, if I'm going to give it to a safety, he better have been all over the place doing special things and lead and being a leader. And that's what watching the tape from Will Hill, watching it back, just to you know double check that I w- I was making the right choice here, Bryant. Check those boxes. Best player on defense this season. It was very close. I would I could have made the argument for Gates or Johnson. But, man, what Will Hill did from the safety position on the best defense in the XFL. Can't stress that enough. This team did not give up many points or yards. This is a team that they lost their last game. We saw them in Bryant, but I told you that I was St. Louis all the way. It wasn't the defensive fault. What I was projecting for Eastern champions and Will Hill, a big part of that, maybe the biggest part of that, and for that, he gets our Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun to watch him play. It was a lot of fun to watch the Battlehawks play. Uh, so, congrats to Will Hill for getting our most prestigious first ever Defensive Player of the Year award from uh, hashtag XFL Show Awards. Hashtag XFL Show Awards. That's hashtag XFL Show Awards. Whenever you hit the Twitter talking XFL. And if you're talking defense, you better wear your shades like Jerry Glanville, which I think I'm going to do the rest of this this show because we have no time left, Brian. I Don't think I hit manage. anything you're not supposed to. Don't hit Where the... am I? Where's the blue? They're blue <laughs> blockers. I can't, I can't handle it. Uh, that does it, though, for this episode, Brian. Uh, a lot of fun we just had. I, I, I enjoy these countdowns, and we've got more of them coming up. We got more coming up, Alan. We have a Rookie of the Year, which I'm really excited about. Uh, we have Coach of the Year, uh, MVP as well. We might even go through a countdown of Mr. XFL. I don't know. We'll have to see about that one. Uh, but so many awards will be coming uh, the next few weeks here on the XFL show. Yes, so keep it locked for award season here on This is the XFL Show. That is the hashtag, hashtag XFL Show Awards at XFL Show. The number to call. Give us your top five defensive players, offensive players, whatever, any top five. Top five anything. We also have the top five moments. Yes, 724-565-4XFL. And we'd love to hear hear your top five. Top fives are very fun. We can't go, I can't go to the barber shop right now, Brian, and talk to my barber about my top five anything. It's one of my favorite things to do. So you gotta do it here. Your your mom has cut your hair since you were 10 years old. Yeah, but not since I we live on opposite ends of the country. So don't tell her I go to a barber. She'd be very upset and jealous. Would she expect me to just grow my hair till I see her every few months? Sorry. If I know your mom, she says yes to that question, Alan. <laughs> Make well, sure you follow us on all social she media She doesn't platforms. talk top fives with me either. Come on. <laughs> at XFL Show uh, on Twitter. Uh, remember at hashtag XFL Show Awards if you want to talk about what we're talking about right now. Uh, this season with our top five countdowns uh subscribe and listen tell your friends about us we're here every single tuesday morning friday morning on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify or your preferred podcast app or you can watch us hi mom on xfl.com or youtube.com slash xfl the official youtube page of the xfl 
Yes, sir. And that does it for another countdown. We got more of them coming up. We're going to keep track of these XFL players signing with the NFL. And we'll have plenty more to talk about on that next episode. So thanks to everybody for watching on XFL YouTube, checking out the blogs on XFL.com, and, of course, subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. All right, Bryant, time to start arguing for about the next countdown. Let's get to work. I'll see you for the next recording for our Tuesday morning show. For everybody else, thank you. For Bryant, I'm Alan. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.